What's up, guys? My name is CJ Finley, and this is a Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. So if you have a new idea, project, or business that you're working on, and you're feeling a little bit stuck, I'd love to help you or connect you with somebody that can. Today, I'm super excited to welcome Miss Jerrica Bornstein. She's one of my first friends here in Austin, Texas. How are you doing today, Jerrica? I'm good. How are you doing? Extremely well. And it's funny because Valentine's Day is coming up and you are getting your PhD, if I'm correct, in relationships. Is that, is yes. that a thing? Is that what it is? <laughs> it is something, something along those lines. Um, yes, I study romantic relationships. Awesome. So one of the things that I wanted to start the year off with is talking with my friends who are all kind of multifaceted entrepreneurs in different spaces, working on a ton of different projects and doing a lot of different things. And Jerrica is intriguing because she's not the typical entrepreneur. She's actually getting her PhD, but is building a few things on the side and then also helping startups with their user experience and some research. And that's why I wanted to kind of get her perspective compared to everybody else's because most of the people I've had on in the past are either full-time entrepreneurs or they either work in the corporate space and are working on side hustles on the side. But she brings a unique perspective of somebody that's in school but also building projects on the side. But before we dig into all that, I'd love to know just a little bit more about like where you're from, where you grew up, what got you into what you do right now? How'd you get to Austin, Texas and wherever else and whatever else that you want to get into? Let's dive right in. Yeah, thanks. So I grew up in Orlando, Florida. That's where I'm originally from. My parents are still there. I think, you know, when I was a applying for colleges, I had a guidance counselor tell me, you aren't going to get into your top schools, which were University of Florida Gators and University of Georgia. I wanted to go to a big state school, do all the football and stuff. And uh, I didn't honestly have any insane SAT scores or anything. I was just average, but I worked really hard, had a really great GPA and ended up getting into both of those schools and just was at a point in my life where I was like, I want to get out of state and get out of my comfort zone. And so I went to the University of Georgia for undergrad, had a really good time there. I wouldn't say though that I thrived in college. It was not my cup of tea. I think around that time I realized that I was more interested in health and fitness and I was in a sorority and it was a lot of- What sorority were you in? Sigma Delta Tau. Probably, yeah. <laughs> SDT? <laughs> SDT, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was in Sigma Pi. So we used to, we used to, what are they called? Mixers? Yeah, when you sure. do like fraps socials. And, yeah, socials, yeah. mixers. Oh, okay. good old days. That's a whole other yeah, sidebar no. topic. But uh, interesting, but I, I did not picture you in a sorority. Oh, really? That's, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, Greek life was pretty big at Georgia. And um, I think I was going through a lot of phases of my own personal growth of like, I'm really passionate about health and wellness. Um, I guess going into college, I actually, I gained a bunch of weight my freshman year and I was like, oh my God, I'm on my own now. I'm not in sports. I played lacrosse and grew up riding horses and doing equestrian. And I think for the first time I was on my own, I was like, I don't know how to take care of my own health or like what I'm interested in anymore, but I know I'm interested in health and wellness, but I don't know how to do this. Um, and so that kind of I think spurted some own personal growth, but then also realized like a lot of the partying and the drinking wasn't for me. I guess I had been maybe exposed to that more in high school from having an older brother. And so just got to college and was really trying to find myself throughout that time and knew I wanted to do psychology. So my undergrad at Georgia was a psych major and I literally was knocking on doors and wanting to get involved in research. I knew that I kind of wanted to see what that was all about. And I happened to knock on a professor's door who was an associate professor. She was new there looking for research assistants. And I was a sophomore at the time. I was 19 and I was like, pick me. And 
long story short, she actually ended up doing research in motivation and goal pursuit. And we studied a lot of um, eating habits kind of within moderation, like how much is moderation for undergrads. And we would do lab sessions, uh, some experiments where we would actually have people come into the lab and like watch a movie where they had a sign up about moderation. We would change that sign per person and see how much food they ate in the lab. And so I think a lot of that already with my passion for health and fitness really delved into shaping who I am as a person and a researcher, being interested in health and wellness, but also researching goals and motivation. And then I guess throughout that time in college, I realized that like I could have a goal and you can have a goal, but it's really hard to pursue that goal and be successful in it, depending on the people who we surround ourselves with. So if I have this health and wellness goal and I had just gained like the freshman 15 in college, if I have friends who want to go out and drink and party and eat really bad late night food, it's not, doesn't mix. It, it doesn't yeah. mix. And so, um, being able to experience that as a college student and then also research that, I was like, wow, this is so interesting. I really want to study social networks and how the people around us in our lives influence that. And I just knew right away that I wanted to do more with this. In psych, getting an undergrad, you can't really do much. So before we go even further, sure. what inspired psych in the first place? So when uh, you were coming yeah. out of high school, like what? I took an AP class my junior year of high school, had a great teacher, got like a four or five on that exam. And I just was like hooked. I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to study people. I just, it, I don't know, something clicked. And I don't know if it's because I had a good teacher or what, but I was just like, I want to get more into this. And I had no idea what, you know, cause yeah, within psych, there's was. like so many fields and that was what college was about. I thought I wanted to work with kids. And then I was like, no, <laughs> I want to have, I want to have my own kids one day, but for me to be with them too, all day, like, no, I do not want to study kids. And then the health and wellness kind of ended up right. Influencing that with the research. So what spurred you to get into health and wellness? So you're a, you're an athlete and then going from being an athlete into college, you then started picking up. Yeah, these are good questions. I think I have very active parents. Um, my mom will be up at 5.30 a.m. to do a spin class. My dad plays tennis frequently and goes to the gym. I just have been surrounded by that. My older brother was a college baseball player and he played at the University of Miami. And so I think I just grew up around athletes and active family. And also I think probably a lot of it spurred from maybe some insecurity about myself and about looking good, feeling good and, and my body. And yeah, definitely insecurity of like, how can I look better, you know, going to college, yeah. being around a lot of good looking people in the sorority life and stuff. I definitely, I think all of those things kind of intersected. So it's funny, like, it's like psychoanalyzing the psychoanalyzer yeah. is like, how did that affect you as you're going through college? Because for a lot of us, like college is just like up and down roller coaster of emotions where you were an athlete, you're in high school, you find something you're passionate about, you get into it. Did you stay in the sorority the whole four years or like, what was the I did. I, roller coaster for you? Like I felt like an outcast. I think it's sometimes, I think that my interests, I think that those two goals converged and the person who was in a sorority surrounded by all these people who wanted to go out and have a good time really conflicted with the person that I really felt like I wanted to be, which was doing the health and wellness stuff and getting into grad school and focusing on my studies. And so I kind of teetered in between both and I think ended up more so going the way of health and wellness and like I honestly missed out on a lot in college because of how 
Uh, what did you like describe what you would miss out on? Yeah. I, I mean like certain like fraternity parties that my friends would go to or like staying out super late. I was like not the person who at a certain point wanted to be on until 3 a.m. because I was like, no, I have a test coming up or no, I have to do this research project or something. I was very focused on my studies and and myself. And I think I came away with a couple of great friends from college who truly love me for who I am. But I think the whole massive sorority parties and things was very conflicting to who I really was and wanted to be. So for those that are listening, when you mention health and wellness, cause I know what you mean, but yeah. like, can you describe a little bit about what you mean by health and wellness? And there's a, there's a point to where I'm getting to with this, but I'd like sure. you to describe like what is health and wellness to you in college when you were choosing no to some of those other things? I think going to the gym, I started lifting weights in college and I think it was going to the gym. It was eating right, treating my body well. It was not going out and binge drinking and feeling hungover so I couldn't do work or something the next day. I think it was also like I babysat on the side to make some extra money so I could do other things that I wanted to do, be able to like go and fly and see a friend or something on the weekends. Yeah. So that, I mean, health and wellness to me is overarching of like some sort of fitness and personal growth and just like treating your body right with the food that you eat and kind of all of the above. I don't know if that's what you thought of health and wellness. No, it is. But to me, that doesn't sound like you're missing anything. And that's the whole thing, the the conception we have of, even when I look back on my collegiate experience, it was sort of the same thing. Like when I wasn't out partying or studying, I was in the gym or playing sports or doing things that were beneficial to me. And it's just always a question in my mind of like, why do we do these self-deprecating things? And it's not a question, like when you're in college, if so, if you were to stay the in, people there. are like, why are you staying in? But you're actually, they're the ones missing something. They're missing what is most important to their, their body and their soul and their yeah, and, and their mind. And I, think like, we don't, I think we don't realize why? it. I don't think we realize it then. I think we're still young and figuring things out. And I think that college also sets us up to have this freedom for once and be able to experience those things and maybe go a little too far in some sense. And that's people's first time on their own. And we're still young and, and dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I do think that people have to experience that. But it's funny how it just wasn't for me at that time. I don't know. I never, I guess, honestly, I experienced that a lot more in high school too. I mean, not saying I was a huge partier then, but I was uh, exposed to that by having an older brother and having friends who had access to alcohol and yeah, it all just of that. Didn't it just didn't serve, serve me you. anymore. Yeah, yeah exactly. It wasn't serving you. So yeah. going into, okay, so we kind of know you're a little bit of your college experience, how and how you got into psychology and health and wellness. What actually caused you to end up here in Austin, Texas yes. after that experience? So going back to that, the research, I realized that having a goal and pursuing it on our own isn't necessarily applicable. We're not born in a vacuum. We have people who surround us, influence our lives and our well-being. And so I started trying to understand what kind of social networks I could study. And one of the big things that you can study is relationships. I mean, you could say, hey, tell me about your roommate and whatnot. But people who are in relationships a lot of times want to talk about their relationship and they're living with that person. And so they're very intertwined. It's not family. So it's not somebody who's just given to you. You have to choose them. And so that's just, it was an area of research and my undergrad research advisor, mentor, the one who I was doing research with, Dr. Michelle Vandellen, she had some data on couples' health behavior change where they had some videotapes of couples coming into the lab and they would have to choose an issue that they have and like work on it together. And so for my honors thesis, I basically made a whole coding scheme and had um, other fellow undergrad research assistants. I trained them on how to code and we'd code these videos. And so I ended up coming out with a research project 
from that, which I guess all of that put together helped me be able to apply to grad school to apply to work with professors who studied relationships um, because I really wanted to study how our romantic relationships or people in our lives influence our goal and goal pursuit. And that's kind of how that started. And it's funny because if you talk to me now, I'm still interested in how our relationships influence our health, but it's less about health behavior change and more about mental and physical health and like physiological health, like cortisol levels. Um, so that's actually kind of what I study now in grad school is more about like support and communication and health outcomes. Um, so that's, that's long story short. And so basically I applied to 12 PhD programs that in itself is a freaking job. I had six interviews and I was accepted to three programs. And Which three? Uh, I was accepted to Texas, uh, Syracuse, and then GW. So why Texas? It was the it was the best fit. I came down here. I loved Austin. The people in the program were actually. I saw myself being friends with them. I think that was a draw. They had a really great community in the department. It seemed like they had a good balance between their school life and friends and doing things. And it just felt welcoming. And I think that there were four relationship researchers in my department that I could potentially do research with all four of them. And so that was a draw versus a lot of other programs just had one professor within like a social psych department. And there just wasn't as much potential for collaboration with my research. Cool. So you wanted relationships while you're studying relationships. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Like community, just like you said earlier, yeah. like we're the sum of the people that we hang around. So you pick the program that gave you a better experience, mm -hmm. I would say. And knowing that that's what you were choosing it for today, is that what happened? Like explain a little bit about what have the past couple of years been like and what does a day in a life look like for oh, yeah. a PhD wow. student and what you're researching and things of that nature? Yeah. So, okay. Um, I guess going back to me coming here, I came here and I had a roommate. I wanted to have a roommate because I was like, I don't know people here. I knew maybe two people in Austin that I wasn't super duper close with. And I was like, it's a great way to make friends. Um, so I had a roommate coming here. I thought I was going to make friends that way. And then also I thought I was going to make friends with people in the department. And I came straight from undergrad and the people in my department are great. But when I came in at 22, a lot of people were older and had partners, boyfriends, girlfriends, fiancés, husbands, wives. Um, but I basically was like, I'm 22. I'm young. Show me Austin. And I really had to look outside of my department I found for socialization and coming to Austin being 22, young, single, ready to get out in the world. I just was like, I need to learn how to make friends. And like, how do I do this? You know, college you're set up with, for me, it was a sorority and stuff and people maybe on your dorm. And so I guess my first two years here, I was connected from two people from other people. So I had a friend that I grew up with who was like my college roommate lives here. I had a girl from my hall at the University of Georgia say I have two friends in Austin. So I kind of got connected randomly to these people in Austin and all those people are great. And I still keep in touch with somebody, some of them, but it also wasn't the people that I like that I chose, I guess. And so I'll go into how we met, but within that, all of that time, like I did not end up getting along with my roommate my first year here. And so at certain points just felt super alone and lonely and was like going through this program where I study relationships, but wasn't having or finding that community for myself. And again, did make some good friends here, but I just felt like something was still missing. So when you met me, I had more of a fitness Instagram and was kind of doing the fitness thing on the side. I had actually joined the UT club powerlifting team 
because I was like, this will be a great way for me to have guidance into lifting and fitness because I'm in that and also maybe some community. And again, all of that was undergrads. I was the oldest and we just, I think we're in different paths of life at that time. And I actually have two friends who have come away from that that I still keep in touch with who are great people. Um, my friends, Catherine and Claire, and they're incredible. But um, I don't know what it was. I think randomly at this, this a certain time, I guess you and Aaron moved to Austin and I think like Shay was starting to do stuff and like Izzy was starting to do stuff and there were just certain people in our community. It's like a culmination. It yeah. was just all of a sudden just hit this pinnacle of like, wow, we all need to hang out. And actually, this is really funny. So I met in 2015. Okay, I got connected with my one of my best friends, Casey Orvitas, um, she found me on social media. We started chatting. She also was applying to PhD programs in health and wellness. I told her about a professor I was applying to at NC State. That professor was taking two students. I was like, both of us should apply. We both applied. We both got interviews. So I was the one who told her about this interview. We both got interviews. She got accepted. I got accepted as well, but she got funding. Okay. I wasn't promised funding. She, so actually I got accepted to four programs, I guess. Um, I wasn't including NC State. And so she ended up picking that program and it was obviously like a bittersweet thing of like damn you're getting something I kind of like put <laughs> up to you but Austin ended up being the better choice so like there's no there's no harm done or anything but in 2015 for the first time in person we went to the Arnold together and that's when we met for the first time in person we had talked on the phone and like you know texted each other for that's a whole awesome. year and we were like both into health and wellness both kind of felt like the outcast in college. And so through social media, she was uh, at the University of Minnesota. So across, you know, states connected. We went to the Arnold together. At the Arnold in 2015, I met my friend Kendall. Kendall, who's friends with Nick Selfine. Oh, so, Ken yeah, Kendall, Kendall, Kendall. Yeah, Kendall, Kendall. Hey, Kendall. And where did you meet her? At the Arnold. Okay. Because I had followed her on Instagram. She was she's a flexible foodie and like, yeah, I was like yeah. the food stuff. So she knew that I was in Austin and ended up connecting me to Nick Zelfine. And so she's the one who introduced me to Nick who was friends with Thomas. Thomas. And then we all got, so it's this, it's just this crazy catapult of like random connections and good people coming together. And so what year did you start here in, in Austin? I moved here in August, 2015, 2015, 2015. And I didn't meet you guys. Wow. So you were, you just got here. Yeah, because we must have... But I didn't get connected to Nick Zelfine until probably 2017, right before I met you guys, maybe like six months before I met you guys. Yeah, because we got here in... I was like stapled here in August 2017. Yeah. Yeah. And I met you guys very shortly after that. So you that. had two years before yeah. we really all So got I had connected. two years where I was really, I think, honestly lonely, trying to find myself, had a not great roommate situation, just trying to figure out. And I guess going through all of this at the same time is I'm like, I'm in this PhD program, which is great, but academia, I thought I was going to come into this and become a professor. Academia is also not for me. So lots yeah, is lot happening going on, yeah, at this at time. time. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. I love the research I'm doing, but I think one of the things I'm, I'm a very empathic person. Um, the people around me, I very much I'm like, tell me how you are, but also those things affect me. And so there was a point in my life where I thought I wanted to be a therapist. And I was like, I can't do that because I take on people's emotions so much. I would carry everything home with you me. Go home with it, I yeah. wouldn't sleep at night. And so that is why I didn't go the therapist route. I went the researcher route. It's more analytical. It kind of evens out my social personality side, I guess. Um, I like being able to look at research because it is numbers and a little bit more factual. But there's a creative aspect to it, too, of me being able to ask the questions that I want to ask with the data given. So that's really fun. But um, so I didn't want to be a therapist, did the research stuff, but then realized the research that I do in grad school 
takes forever. Publishing papers take forever and it doesn't freaking it doesn't help anybody. I mean, it does to an extent. There's just a small, small group of people who read the research that I do. I just submitted an we call an R and R, revise and resubmit to my master's thesis, which my master's thesis I did two and a half, three years ago at this point, and that paper has been turned around so many freaking times. It's just like driving a nail into a hole that doesn't fit. And it just it, the process takes forever. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I love what I do. I think a lot of the research that I do has helped me in my own relationships understand people better, be less judgmental, be more open to people coming into my life, really realizing who I want to surround myself with. But it does not reach the amount of people that I want it to. And I think one of the other things I started doing with my social media was trying to, I mean, do the health and wellness thing. But then I was like, oh my gosh, but I want to talk about what I do more to get this information out there. So I started doing that more. And I think it just kind of drew certain people in who were like, tell me what you do. This is so cool. Let's go on walks. Let's talk about this. This is awesome what you study. Tell me, let me tell you about my dating life or my girlfriend or something. And so things kind of took off from there. And I think, yeah, I was, I guess, figuring out what can I do with relationships and research that is more applicable in the long run? Um, and it sounds like something that's more actively engaged in the day to day because I mean, I'm not pro or against school in any nature, um, against how much school costs. Um, but one of the things that I think they don't do a good job of is applying it to the daily life of like what life is like. So you're in the school of getting your PhD and it's, as soon as you get your PhD, it's like, then what? Rather, you've done a pretty good job of like not allowing the school to dictate your day-to-day life. You still have friends outside of school mm-hmm. and you're doing these things that are really utilizing what you're learning and actually applying it, which is something that a lot of people can take. And for this episode, one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on here was because you're building something that is utilizing the skills that you've learned at your school. And I want to inspire people to do the same thing because there's probably a lot of students, whether you're undergrad or graduate school, don't just wait until you're done school to actually start doing things. I was just reading this article about applying to jobs and the people were saying that there's not enough resources for kids to get jobs out of college is. And people are going back and forth because the colleges are saying, no, we provide the resources, but the kids wait till last minute mm-hmm. because they just, for whatever reason, the month before they start applying. And it spurred some thoughts in my head of like, there's a lot of students that get really good grades and then are not necessarily stressed about that side of things, but they're not really doing anything outside of it. And they inhibit themselves later on in life. This is where you're kind of coming the opposite of like, you're doing a lot of things in school and, and learning, but you're also building something on the side, yeah. cultivated connections. So yeah, which we haven't we, even talked about. Yeah, yet. we will, which <laughs> I kind of want to dig into that now because I like to give a backstory of like mm-hmm. how you even got to that point. Because one of the things for entrepreneurs is they think they're going to figure it out on day one. And even in school, when we're young, there's so much pressure on us to just know what the fuck we want to do with our lives from day one. I had no idea we'd be sitting in this room like yeah. five years yeah. ago, right? Or even two when you, yeah, two or half. even have a podcast, right? Yeah. Or even when we first met, would we be having this conversation? No clue, yeah. but it's possible for anybody. And that's where, once we met all our friends, and I loved how you started off with, you are the sum of the people, like you were living that when you were younger. It applies right now. We're all doing these really cool things. So for anybody that doesn't know, Jerrica started a little group called Cultivating Connections. Well, it was little when we started mm-hmm. it and now it's now growing. 
I want to know a little bit what inspired that and where did it come from and how did that get started and off the ground? Yeah. And I think it goes back to what I was talking about previously is I felt like my research wasn't helping people. I felt like I could post a photo of myself and have a caption on Instagram. And, you know, sometimes it was a hit or miss with people commenting and I wanted to get people more involved in interacting with these things, but I realized that it wasn't about me. It's not about me posting a photo of myself and hoping people read the caption. I was like, social media is great. And I think that I also was maybe sometimes feeling unfulfilled with social media and really realizing that the community I had created slash become a part of in Austin was really what was important to me. And how can I bring that outside of social media and get people to connect in person, utilize these skills that I've learned and hopefully have some sort of group meetup conversation that we could talk about these things. And I always like to say, get beyond the, how are you doing? Get past the bullshit. Um, you know, a lot of times we just say, I'm fine. And it's like, no, 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 but really how, how are you doing? And kind of create those, those deeper connections that I think I was missing when I first came here to Austin or was missing a lot in college. I think I was, I was craving more and also wanted to create something where we could talk about these things and get to know each other through sharing our experiences, but also come away with being like, wow, that was so great. There's somebody new that I just met and I'm going to reach out that helping hand and be nice to them. I think it's also like spurring this domino effect of being good to each other in a nice, intimate setting. And then saying like, I want you guys to take what you've learned tonight and apply it somewhere else. Like go out and do good in this world. Because I guess I was feeling unfulfilled that my research from studying this wasn't doing that in school. So what is Cultivating Yeah, and so if you're listening and you don't know, it's uh, right now we're doing it as a monthly meetup and hoping to start doing that more and also not just base it off of me hosting, but it's a group where we get together and I'll have a topic. We'll do some icebreakers. You'll meet some new people and there's a topic for the evening. Um, I think the last one that hit the hardest was uh, actually when we hosted it at Thrive HQ in January and we had 30 plus people here. We split into two groups. It was absolutely incredible. And, uh, the topic was how have our previous experiences influenced how we show up in our relationships today and just had some deep conversations and people getting really vulnerable and opening up about themselves and their past experiences and people connecting and laughing. And I don't think we had anybody cry this time, but just really being able to share and get vulnerable. And I say, it's not, it's not group therapy, but it's just a way to see that other people across the room from us are, are human. And I say, you know, I hope you come to make a new best friend, maybe find a new romantic partner. Maybe it's a business connection, whatever it is, this is up to you for you to get vulnerable. And I'm just here to help facilitate that. And my goal with cultivating connections, we've talked about this a little bit is to have other people in the community actually host it. So it's not just based off of me, but that we can get other people to come in who have these areas of expertise and to kind of have their own cultivating connection, bringing in new people to keep this going and, you know, topics from everything on personal growth, wellness, development to yeah, intimate relationships, dating, sex, marriage, everything. So it's so cool. When did it actually start? Cause I'm, I'm trying to think back in my it, own head. I'm just November like, when was the first one? November, 2018. Yep. I know it. November, 2018. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so this year it'll be two years. Of, well, yeah, November, it'll be two years. Yeah. So yeah. And we're still, you know, me and you have talked about a lot how to grow it. And yeah. So if anybody's listening to this and this <laughs> fires you up, I am always trying to push local entrepreneurs and people doing ideas and projects to take it to the next level and dream a little bit bigger. And something we have been working on the side is how do we grow this thing so that we can kind of take Jerrica out of it and 
the actual impact of it continues to grow because obviously she's busy with her PhD and also looking for jobs right now. And the impact of this thing has been massive for a lot of people, including myself. And if this is of interest to you, and even if you don't live in Austin, Texas, we'd love to talk to you and try and figure out how we can get it going. And the coolest thing for me is always the community aspect of it is people coming together. And when people walked into Thrive and they'd never been here before and they never heard what cultivated connections were. And it was like seven, I think it was like seven people the last one. And they're literally walking away with new friends and new phone numbers and new people to hang out with. Um, at the end of the day, business, school, all those things like are not what matter. It's the people around you. And that's the coolest thing about cultivated connections. And I think a lot of people, especially mid twenties, mid thirties who are feeling alone, like, like you were, because I mean, at least for me, it was like, you study hard, you work hard, like you're going to get to the end of the rainbow. And then you start realizing there is no end to the rainbow. Like your daily life is going to have ups and downs. And when there's ups and downs, you want to be surrounded by great people because you want to share the ups with, but then you also want to have people to lean on when there's some downs and you're doing that. And it's really cool to see. And I get really fired up because I just remember it being like, okay, seven of us and then 10 and then 15. And then it grew too big where we had to start splitting things. Yeah, um, it's crazy. So what, what would you hope for it to be? If you were thinking super big and you wanted this thing to 10 X, Ultimately, what would it become in, in your eyes and who would be supporting yeah. it and what would it look like? I, it, well, so I guess I want to preface in saying that this is just a side gig for me, right? This isn't, I'm not getting paid from hosting this or anything. It's not monetized yet. This is just a side thing. Um, I'm actually, right now, we've talked about this too, going into the UX research field after grad school, which is a whole nother thing. But cultivating connections is something very near and dear to my heart. And I hope that this eventually can run on its own by having people in the community host these things by kind of getting people who have something to say or share or an area of expertise hosting cultivating connections and then also having it expand to other cities. I think that would be incredible. I think we've talked about this before and that in other cities there are people who want to do cool things and meet other like-minded people and it's just not happening. And I know we've talked about this on a bigger level, being able to go to different cities and really start creating that community. I think that cultivating connections would be a great first thing to kind of get that going in other cities that maybe people are feeling lost or alone. And I think like, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I think you're in school right now. You're at UT. How do we, how do we run, run through UT and get maybe a student cultivated connections and then yeah. go back to Georgia and I'm from the East coast and there's so many possibilities with it. And that's the thing when you start working on things, it's more so there are so many possibilities. Which one do you choose? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. That's where I'm like, you CJ, you, you tell me. Cause that's not, I'm not the business mind here. Yeah. I'm the creative. Well, I'm, I'm always, how do we just start working on it tomorrow? And that's where you're already at UT. So I've yeah. kind of had this idea going where Hamza, my intern mm -hmm. from last year and now business partner, he's already there too. And it's just, how do we, how do we throw one for that 22 year old you? That yeah. that's where, man, that would be, a man, incredible. that story you just told me immediately just sparked that idea of how do we go to UT and there, there's gotta be, there's gotta be kids out and there. They have different that, issues and different things that they're going through that they probably want to talk about and are scared about. And I don't know if I would have wanted to talk about these things. I think looking back retrospectively, I can see it all. But when you're in the thick of it, 
I didn't realize it. And now I'm realizing also that all those things I went through and did is just my path to get here, yep. which is incredible and was hard at the time, but I'm so thankful for it. So, yeah. and I'm sure there's, cause that's the thing, like you can speed things up, but not always people have to just go through things, but I think it would be really cool to provide an outlet for the people that are going through those things right now. Because I know for me, I would have thoroughly enjoyed, especially you, you might have to be a little bit more targeted because if it was just this group of people, random people, I might not speak up at that age. But if you could create pockets of maybe you go to different groups already in place at UT. So maybe the rowing club or uh, sports teams. That's I always thought about that because when you're on an athletic team, you're like really close to people, but you don't always know what is going on like behind closed doors. And it, for me, going through the psychology of things, if I want to know more about the teammates around me, we probably would have played better on the field because yeah. you just create even more of a bond. So these are just obviously no, these are great ideas. Spitball we've never, ideas we've never that we've never discussed <laughs> ever. I'm um, just had awesome. this, I'm reading the words, feel your passion right now behind it. And it's just like, I'm super passionate about cultivated connections because I've always been a people person in college. I was in a fraternity that my buddies started and just saw that grow from zero to over a hundred and just been a really cool experience moving from city to city to city and starting communities. So, and it's people like you supporting and finding value in it that makes me feel great. I always say like cultivating connections is somewhat of a selfish thing that I started because it makes me feel so good to have other people come and get so excited and passionate and want to see it grow and, and thrive in its own way. And so, you know, thanks. The thanks goes back to you as well. No, I appreciate it. It's thrive together, strive together, thrive together. And that, oh, yeah. that's where that comes from. And so to finish up, I'd love to dig a little bit in more. We were having a conversation before we hopped on about uh, some of the decisions that you're trying to make right now. Yeah. And I'd love for you, actually, I feel like that is a good topic to get into because a lot of people probably struggle with the same thing. So I'd love for you to just describe like you are having good opportunities coming to you right now. And you don't have to necessarily describe the exact opportunity if you don't want to, um, but more so in depth of like that problem of yeah. you have good things coming, which one do you choose and how do you decide? Right. So I guess to back up a little bit, um, getting in my PhD program, coming to UT, I quickly realized, like I said, I didn't want to become a professor anymore, that it just wasn't for me. Academic job market is really bleak and just, you have to publish a lot. I just was not it's ready not for, for how competitive it was. Yeah, it's not for me. Um, and so I decided, actually, there are some people in my department who had gotten some internships because our research skills are very applicable to UX research. If you don't know, that's user experience research. And so there was somebody when I came in as a first year, had just graduated as a fifth year, got her PhD and went to go work for Facebook um, to be a researcher and there. And what's user experience? It's basically understanding consumer behavior. So I say right now I study one person's relationship with another person's relationship. And instead it's understanding a person's relationship with a product. So usually it's not branding or anything. It's not understanding how or like what you remember about a brand, but more so if you're on an app, what's your experience with it? How do you interact with it? What would make it better, easier for you to buy that t-shirt or find your friend on Facebook, things like that. So it is way more tech involved. Um, you still have a person involved with it. And depending on who you work with, I guess Facebook is a great segue for my department because it is about relationships and networks and connection. But there are obviously tons of different 
teams within within Facebook. And so there were multiple people. There's actually probably like five or six people from my department who have gone to work for Facebook specifically. And now people are spread out in, in other areas and whatnot. But that was my first realization of like, wow, I can still study people in some way. It's understanding consumer behavior. A lot of these bigger tech companies want to hire social psychologists and that this was a great way. Honestly, I'm not going to lie, like make some good money, still do research. I have those skills and capabilities. And it's a faster paced environment working with other people to do research that you do that automatically has some sort of impact that can change a product or something else. And I also think being surrounded by a lot of entrepreneurs in Austin was like, oh, this tech space is kind of cool, kind of like it. And so I guess us talking about cultivating connections, I also in grad school decided to focus less on publishing papers and getting experience. So I worked with two local startup companies in Austin doing UX research, honestly made my own quote unquote internship with them and just got some experience to put on my resume. That helped me land an actual UX research internship last summer um, with a place called Q2 Banking. They're a financial tech company. So they create financial tech for small banks and credit unions. And that has helped me now to build up my resume to where I am applying for jobs. And honestly, guys, get on LinkedIn. Um, I have connected with so many great people through LinkedIn, talked to them on the phone. Uh, They've connected me with other people. And I've found a couple of particular people who there's one woman in particular who has set me up with like three other people in Austin to just talk to and get connected with. And it has just been great networking um, support. And she was like, I understand where you were I was there this amount of years ago and right now have put out some applications and actually I'm in the interview process with a larger corporate place in Austin. I decided I wanted to stay in Austin and also have another opportunity that I've been connected with, with somebody who is more of a consultant who has his own clients and is wanting to grow his business and has too much on his plate to where it's more, he's been in the business for five years, five plus years. And so he has an established company but um, it's a startup. It's a, it's a startup. Yeah. yeah. And he wants to hire somebody else to come on to help him grow this and wants to hire more people eventually and has really good relationships with his clients and has continuing growth in business, but is at a point where he's plateauing unless he can hire somebody else out. And so, yeah, I'm, I don't obviously know if I have this corporate position yet. I just Monday had the second interview and haven't heard back from that second part. And there would be a third part before I actually got it, but was talking to CJ before this podcast about his thoughts and opinions of, do I potentially go with this person who has a startup where I might be able to travel more, have more flexibility lifestyle wise of working my own hours to some extent, working remotely sometimes versus this more corporate job, which would give me benefits and something maybe more established, maybe quote unquote, a little bit more secure in a lot of people's eyes. I mean, the offer is there for the startup to do some contract work for them now, see how I like it and potentially that grow into something full time. Uh, I guess the other downside of this bigger company is that if I get hired, they're going to want me to start working more immediately, which is terrifying in its own sense because I'm not done with my PhD. I should be finishing anywhere between May and August, which there's no set date yet. I don't know when that's going to happen. So I'd be taking this job while also doing my PhD on the side, which would just prolong that. And it's stressful to think about. I'm a planner and it's terrifying. And uh, Get used to it. That's the real yeah. world. There, you've been in school for so long. The, the real world you cannot plan for. It, yeah. <laughs> and we're also, I mean, it's three o'clock here on a Wednesday afternoon when we're recording this and I have the flexibility to do that. And if I was at a corporate position, I wouldn't be able to. I'd have to say, sorry, CJ, talk to you after hours, yeah, you know? That's the, so, that's, it's tough. There's no, and before this we were describing, like there, there is no right or wrong. It's, we live in this world where 
it's a beautiful thing where you have options. That's where I look at it. It comes more so what I was describing to her is like live with the facts. Like when you're trying to figure out what you want to do in next next in life, whether it's a job, whether it's a big decision, it's put the facts down on paper of like this is the possibilities for the smaller job and this is the possibilities for the bigger job and here's the pros and the cons. And you ultimately have to come down to which one are you willing to sacrifice more? Am I willing to sacrifice maybe my health benefits so that I can travel or am I going to feel more comfortable and confident and honestly be able to travel more securely if I take the bigger job? And that's where it's interdependent on each person. I fall into the first one where it's a small company, I'd rather live for today than wish for nothing bad to happen tomorrow. But then I get, I understand why there's people in, in the other bucket and why they do what they do. It's just not me. And that's where it's cool that you're having to ask yourself these questions because again, there is no right or wrong. You could, you're going to thrive in each position. Like you go to, you're going to be successful no matter what. And I think that's another successful thing because I mean, you've been through some shit, like, you know, that whichever choice you make, like you're going to be fine. And that's very hard for human beings. Like when you have a clear cut choice, it's very easy to make, but yeah. when it's like, when you have two good options, yeah, that are... when you have two good options, which one yeah. do you pick? And that's the toughest thing to, to really overcome. But the last question I have in regards to that is which one, if you were to wake up tomorrow and you say you accepted both of them, which one would give you the same feeling that cultivated connections gives you? That's where, and you don't have to answer this. It's one of those things that like, which one has the potential to do that? Or again, within a year or two or three years could get you to that potential because you can go the corporate route. I went that route, but it led me to here. So if you went to the corporate route and you were like, you know what, I'm going to go there for one year yeah. and work on this thing on the side because I know that in a year or two years or three years, I'm going to be able to do this full time. That's kind of like how I would think about it, I but think, I'd love to hear how you think about well, it. Well, I think it's light. hard too, because you, it's about potential. I think what's going to be great is that I'm going to actually do some contract work with the smaller startup and see how I like that. But with this other larger company, I can't test drive it. Um, and it's funny. I've been talking to a friend of ours uh, about this, about relationships and stuff and about potential and relationships of like, sometimes we hold on to that potential of what we hope this person is or can be or will be. And so I think it's really thinking of, well, what, what's in front of me? What am, what am I seeing? What are they showing me? And now adding this to the companies and it's like, I don't know, but you know, being able to try and picture what your life is like. And so if I get this third interview with the bigger company, I'll have a day of interviews and hopefully get more insight to maybe the lifestyle, what it would look like. Would yeah. look like. And this other company, I'll be able to test drive it for a little bit, doing some contract work. So I think Sometimes I don't think there's a good answer and sometimes you might go into something and think that it's the right choice and maybe it's not long-term. And I think that, again, you have the skills and you can always pivot from there. And, you know, same goes back in some ways, weirdly, to relationships too. If you, you know, there might be potential in somebody that never follows through and never actually happens and it's your decision at a certain point to say, I'm done and I have to move on from this, so... Yeah. I mean, that that's the coolest thing. I mean, I love how you related it back to relationships because mine in general, like I've known my wife since we were 10. So it's like, I was not right for her at one point in my life and then grew into being right. And that's where career I feel like is a similar thing is 
a corporate or a startup or whatever you're in right now, if it's not for, right for you right now, that's okay. But realize that tomorrow you have the choice to wake up and change it. And then you can grow into whatever it is that you're wanting to grow into. As long as you're open-minded like that, which you are. So again, no matter what, you're going to be just fine. Thanks. Um, <laughs> Doesn't but, feel fine right now. No, it's okay. Oh, of course. The pressure you got yeah, your, what we'll is it? See. What is it to end the PhD? It's thesis or uh, dissertation. dissertation. What's the difference between a thesis and a dissertation? So I say it's my master's thesis. Okay. You have your dissertation proposal defense proposing is basically giving your ideas to your professors, your committee about the project, and then defending is actually running the analyses and bringing it back to them as a full paper, which usually ends up being like 100 pages. So that's a dissertation defense. Thesis is master's. Master's thesis, you will still have a proposal and a defense. It's confusing. Master's thesis. Sounds like we could have an entire podcast. We could. We could talk about all that. that You guys want to learn how to get your PhD? Come (laughs) to me. Come to Jerrica if you want to get your PhD. And so much more. Again, I want to thank you for hopping on the podcast today. I appreciate your time. I know you got a lot going on, but where can everyone find you at? Where's the best way to connect with you? Whether it's Instagram, a website, your email, whatever. Yeah. Wow. Throw it out there. I've been saying that I was going to have my website up for forever and that's not happened. Maybe something I'll talk to you about later on. Maybe this summer. Maybe this summer, maybe at some point that's on the back burner. Um, Honestly, connecting with me on Instagram is probably the best way. It's just at Jerrica X. That's my first name, J-E-R-I-C-A-X as an X-ray. That is my middle initial. If you want to get to know me more, I'll tell you my middle name someday. Um, <laughs> and you can find me, I'm sure, through CJ's stuff, through, you know, Thrive on Life. All or his first, Yeah, all of, you know, find me through there. But yeah, ba- Instagram is a good place or Facebook, look me up. Hell yeah. yeah. So if you have any questions in regards to school, because Jarek is a pro at that, oh, or sure. relationships, or even building, um, I don't know what to call it, cultivated connections right now. It's like in the in between a possibility of a nonprofit and or some type of group therapy thing. Community, we'll figure it out. Community, community meet up. Yeah. yeah. We'll we'll figure that out. But if you're interested in learning how to do any of those things, please reach out to her at Jerica X on Instagram. And again, I just want to thank you guys for tuning in and listening. This has been super inspiring. And at the end of the day, if there's one thing you take from this, realize that your relationships do matter and they have a huge impact on not only your short term and long-term health, but on everything that you do and want to achieve in your life, the people around you can help you get to those points a lot uh, more efficiently and effectively than if you were to try and do it alone. So again, Amen live by that. and breathe, strive together, thrive together. Thank you again, Jerrica, for hopping on the podcast. This is the Thrive On Life podcast with CJ Finley. Until next time, thrive on. <laughs>